Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Whip 12 podcast. I am Raymond, and today I will be joined by Tom Emerson, the one and only Infinity Gamer from New Zealand. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Great. Uh, I'm happy to have you on the show because you're, you're famous for making uh, very low-entry uh, YouTube videos for beginners, uh, which I really love, and uh, I see your quality go up uh, uh, across the years, and... I think most of the listeners know you uh, too as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for watching the channel. It's um, always appreciated. But yeah, the, the quality is definitely something I've worked on. I've looked back at one or two of the early videos with a little bit of a cringe now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the more you do, the more you learn, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to learn a bit more about uh, Tom. And uh, we're going to talk about probably his favorite faction. Uh, oh, 12. So uh, I'm very happy uh, uh, to have you on. And uh, well, Tom, can you introduce yourself? Uh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm Tom Emerson. And about two years ago, I set up a channel called Infinity Gamer. And ever since then, I've been trying to put out Infinity related YouTube videos as often as possible. And basically just trying to get this fantastic game out to as many people as possible through through YouTube. It's been great fun. I've met so many exciting people along the way. But yeah, the journey's only just beginning, I feel. It's exciting. Infinity's definitely hitting its stride and getting into some exciting times, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and even even surviving the whole corona kerfuffle. And uh, I myself, I'm seeing new players uh, coming through the ranks, even when well, playing has been not allowed for a long time. And um, yeah, the, having these kinds of videos that you make uh, really helps. Oh, that, well, it, I think it basically came about because when I first picked up Operation Wildfire, mm -hmm. it shows how long ago it was that I got into the game, <laughs> but there, was, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there to just kind of like show the basics. Like obviously you can read the rules and yeah. learn how to play the game, but I'm much more of a visual learner and like to watch how someone's playing to learn it for myself. So yeah. I thought, well, if it's not out there, then why not fix that problem yourself and just yeah. try and put some things out there that might help people understand the game a little bit better in, in a visual format. Yeah, yeah, just, just doing it on your own is a hard proposal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've done it and it wasn't easy. No, no, I, I, <laughs> but I think it's, that is the great thing is that there's so much community, kind of, I, I suppose, initiative to yeah. create content and, and put thoughts and opinions out there and yeah. you know things like this podcast is a fantastic way for people to be able to learn more about infinity through whatever medium they would prefer yeah 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 i, I think uh, and once you find the group uh anywhere or uh, people are so eager to learn it uh, to you because probably because of the the the, the small group the, the groups are small to begin with uh well if you compare it to uh what games workshop uh, can uh, can uh, uh, the kind of community d they have so yeah it's uh, uh it's good to have some outlets out there just to uh, just to find people oh it, you're completely right i mean my even my local gaming group is is relatively small i mean we've got fewer than six or seven players yeah, who yeah. will play regularly but but then that means that you know i still enjoy reading about other people's games and watching their battle reports and and seeing how they play and understand how different countries and different groups maybe 
you know have different metas and things like that so it's just anything that's out there i think we all as fans kind of like to digest it you know good bad or not it's just a different perspective yeah for sure for sure um so what are the aspects of the game that got you hooked in the, on the first place in the first place well I, it was really kind of so it was almost like the stars aligning finding infinity because i was playing 40k and it had been for years but mm -hmm. i was really falling out of love with it yeah and was trying to just find something that was similar in that it was miniatures and it was sci-fi and it was quite immersive yeah and then went down to my local gaming store and saw to actually play a game of 40k and mm -hmm. saw some people on a table in the corner playing this really small table that had loads of buildings on it and just went over and just said hey look what you know why have you got so much terrain on your table what what are you playing we like to and hog it your playing, borders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've just taken all of the terrain and put it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> and and they just explained that it was infinity and gave me a bit of a, you know, I watched maybe the first, you know, few interactions and found it really interesting that, you know, while one player was doing their active turn, or what yeah. I now know as the active turn, the opposition was able to do stuff and, and stuff that was actually quite intensive. So from that point, it was pretty much how do I learn about this game? Yeah. And I, I pretty much just went home and bought Operation Wildfire because I just figured I, if it's rubbish, I will still have some models that I'll enjoy painting, but mm -hmm. I might actually pick it up. Yeah. And, and But those people you know, that I, I saw playing, they've actually been the core of the group that have helped me learn Infinity. You know, people like, I'm, I'm lucky enough, enough to live in the same town as Battle Kiwi, who does great Infinity terrain. Yeah. People like, yeah. you know, and so we get to play on amazing tables, which makes it really fun. Yeah. And then the other guys are, are really just knowledgeable about the game. They've been playing since, you know, like N2 pretty much. So I'm the, I'm the newbie, mm -hmm. but they like, they, they do a very good job of explaining things in a simplified way. And if I get frustrated because I don't know a rule, they take a lot of time to explain stuff. And then once they've done that to me, I kind of then feel the urge to, you know, kind of do a video about something that I've le just learned or something to, ah, yeah. just in case people... <laughs> don't have that experience group with them. You guys, I learned the thing. Now the world needs to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds like a great group to have, and especially Battle Key. Oh, I've, I've, I've looked at the terrain, but yeah, somehow, yeah, sending MDF from Australia to the Netherlands is a bit of a prospect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we are lucky here. I mean, you know, in Australia, there's uh, brutal cities who do a great job. Yeah. And, and then here in New Zealand, we've got Battle Kiwi. So we're actually a little bit spoiled for choice in yeah. this area for, for terrain. We're incredibly lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mostly MDF. Uh, you probably have to source it locally because uh, well, <laughs> we've got Systema Gaming. I cannot complain, and the MicroArt Studios. And uh... oh, they're they've got some great stuff. So yeah, yeah you're pretty lucky. So uh, yeah, you, you started this YouTube channel. Uh, 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 how long were you playing before you started it? I hadn't even played my first game properly oh. when I started the channel. <laughs> that's that's <And> enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I think it was more naivety and stupidity. Like I just, I thought I'd just put a video out there and I never expected it to kind of get above, you know, like 20 views, 30 views, and maybe one or two people would watch it and they'd go, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. So it's definitely escalated beyond any imagination or any dreams I had around that. But, mm -hmm. And then that's kind of driven me because as soon as I started to get a couple of comments or, you know, likes on 
the videos that kind of drove me to do more because mm-hmm. that I could see there were a group of people that did find value in what I was putting out there. Yeah. And that's encouraged me to try and escalate and improve on what I've, I've done and how I present the information so that I can hopefully help more people. And, and that's kind of, it's snowballing from there. So unfortunately it's, it's other people that have kind of spurred it on beyond that early life. I think if I'd gone four or five videos and no one had really paid any attention, we'd be <laughs> in a very different story. Yeah, you were coaxed into it because of uh, people getting enthusiastic about uh, what you do. Yeah, and exactly. I, I can especially one of the videos that that comes to mind for me is the one uh, where you uh, just gave a review of uh, of a tournament. Yes, uh, and it pro- probably was the only physical tournament going on in the whole world because of Corona. So I- we have been. Yeah, we've been incredibly lucky yeah. that in New Zealand we've we've actually avoided, I suppose, kind of the sharp edge of lockdowns and things like that. So we have actually been able to do face-to-face games and tournaments, yeah. uh, and that one was, yeah. So I had my first one of, in October of last year, and then I, I recently did one in August. And now I, I think I've kind of like been bitten by the tournament bug. Mm-hmm. It was never something I thought I'd get into because I thought that competitive aspect of playing a hobby yeah. would take all the fun away from actually like playing the game. Yeah. I'd seen it with like 40k tournaments that people just take it super seriously and they don't actually really, I don't think enjoy the game. They just do it to try and be <laughs> ranked number one. But the first time I went to an infinity tournament, everyone was just so welcoming. And like, as soon as you say you're a new person, they're like very open about how it works they give you the opportunity to ask you know questions so it doesn't actually feel hyper competitive it actually just feels like a group of friends coming together to play some very structured missions and then kind of talk about how things went it's incredibly social but there's also obviously the element of trying to do better and you get to see your rankings improve it's it's very infectious going to those sorts of events with the community yeah yeah it's it's like yeah people yeah many of us come from 40k and many of us know what the 4k tournament scene is all about uh so yeah yeah i i know yeah what what you your sentiment because um i also need to explain no 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 it's it's a tournament we're just we're just 10 guys we're just (laughs) we just found a way to get together uh, it's not that hyper competitive. Just come along. It's fun. I will, I will set you up against the beginner. You have a chance. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's been fantastic. It's actually encouraged me to set up. So I'm running my first tournament next month, actually in New Zealand. Oh, great! Uh, so I think it's now kind of gone. Well, again, the community kind of gives you so much. Mm-hmm. It's just a way for you to then put on something so that the guys who are typically organising those tournaments can actually come to one and and play and enjoy so yeah again, i think because the community is is so so good at being supportive and positive yeah. to everyone it just kind of gives you that extra energy to do something and, and give something back in a way yeah so yeah um uh, yeah you play you play well we know you play uh, at least uh, o12 and stormada uh are there other factions that you play yes so i recently picked up the military orders box uh, so I've defected to Pano. Mm-hmm. I also got Crimson Stone. So now I've got Nomads and Ariadna to try. <laughs> but I've actually only really played a couple of games of Military Orders uh, since O12 Starmada. So that's the only one that I'm actually semi-familiar with at this stage. Uh-huh, yeah. 
So and and uh, are you planning to uh, to to even expand on that, or you're just fine with, with three new factions? <laughs> I I actually think I want to try every faction at some at least like vanilla, uh -huh. and then from there maybe try some of the sectorials for the ones that you know really resonate. Yu Jing has always been one that I've watched and admired because yeah. when it's played well, it's incredibly great to face. Mm -hmm. Ari yeah. Ariadna as well. So like there, there's definitely a couple where I've, I've played against them and gone, oh, I might like to give that a go one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, once you get into it, yeah. Well, there are 49 options right now. So <laughs> but you only need 10 models. Tutorials. Yeah, and you only need 10 models. Well, 15 now, but that's just, that's it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Great. Well, let's, let, let's dive into uh, uh, one of your favorites and, uh, and what this, the, the, the main event of the show, and that's, that's O12. Uh, what are your general thoughts on, uh, on O12? O12 is an amazing faction, uh, not just because it was the first one and I fell in love with Infinity as well because that looked so good in Wildfire, mm -hmm. but I think it gives new players a really good stepping stone into like understanding some of the core rules uh, there's enough complexity in there you know you've you've got things like forward deployment uh, camouflage infiltration you've got a mix of everything so you can very much find your playstyle that suits within O12 yeah and then obviously with the Starmada sectorial if you do want to give sectorials a go there is one that you could use so I think for a lot of people if they were looking to start O12 would be one of my recommended factions because it's not too complicated uh, to actually get it working quite well. Uh -huh. But it's also not so straight and narrow that you don't get to see any of the other cool, fun stuff that can make Infinity very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, I find O12 also very interesting, and I've I've, I've been started, uh, I've, I've, I've played Starmada, and I've now in a, in a, in a league, and uh, as a preparation for the show, I was like, okay, let's, Step off the Ariadna for now and, and, and play a bit of O12 uh, just to get a get a feel for it. And uh, I knew you no know, when when in three O2, O12 was was launched, I saw a lot of people just comparing profiles like the uh, the, the epsilon with the intruder. Uh, how how good is the gamma in, in when you compare it to the Crisoborak? And people were 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 peeling it. Uh, uh, we're looking at all the different different profiles, and we're like, okay, this is just a better Nomads, or this is just a better Pano. And then it went quiet for a bit, because somehow, yeah, people tend to uh, play at least uh, a faction where they where they're either um, they know for a while, or there's a lot of models to be be had, and O12 was still at that point just a starter pack and 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 some some uh, skews that came out. And then your 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 uh, 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 channel came uh, came uh, uh, to the forefront, and for me, it's probably one of the only voices on O on O twelve. Um, yeah, because it's still you can still feel that it's still a fresh faction compared to the others, which uh, are are spoiled for choice, and uh, also have a lot of now people have blogs and all sorts of things if you want to go deep and uh, deep dive into any of the other factions there's a lot of material to be had but o12 is still the new new guy on the block and 
I see it in the in the participation of people using either using or not using uh, O12 yet. So I hope that with this episode we can change some minds because it's a really cool faction oh. to play. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it, it is a great faction. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why I stuck with it for so long was because I was, even after playing it for a year, I was only just scratching the surface, I felt. Yeah. There was just so many options and combinations that worked so well together that I just, I could not settle on one and just go, yeah, this is this is my way to play, or this is what I think is the best way to play this faction. Yeah. I think there were just, there were half a dozen ways. And yeah, I just... I still don't understand why O12 isn't played a lot more because yeah. even at my local, my most recent tournament, there were two of us playing O12 and even at Intelcom last year, there were only three people playing O12 and that had 40 attendees. And I yeah. just, I couldn't get it because they were the newest. I would have expected loads of people to jump on it and, you know, maybe they were a little bit broken when they first released because I was used to the 40k model of things where when something new is launched it's the best and so yeah. everyone jumps on it and then they ditch it when it gets kind of like corrected based on the meta mm-hmm. but it just seemed to settle in really well like it wasn't too hyper competitive and there weren't too many models that people or unit profiles where people were like oh that's really broken if someone's putting that in the list it's it's horrible mm-hmm. and even when you look at Starmada, where you can get some really interesting combinations, you still don't get anyone turn around and just go, oh, no, it's a Starmada list. You know, I may as well just, just give up. There's still ways to beat everything. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things about O12 is it's, it's got a tool in its toolbox for any faction you face, but also it's not so overpowered that you can't be beaten very easily. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it has a bit of an elite vibe, but it also ha- covers most of all the bases so the, you, you can find some multi-spectral visors you can find mm. a load of hacking but you have also got your warbands uh, you also got your infiltrators um it has uh, it has a bit of everything and it's uh, yeah my my view of it is that the the, the options that they have are re- really good but also come with a bit of more of a price tag when you find them in other factions frangian guards for example is like like this hyped up uh, highlander with a bit of an education, and <laughs> you see it in the in the in the points contrast. But on the other hand, the Ferengi guard also brings a lot more tools than the Highlander uh, could with just a chain rifle and and, a, and an attitude. <laughs> and that's I f- I felt O twelve was actually easier to play in Code One because there wasn't so much restrictions on not being able to take all the big guns and all the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I moved to I only played N3, I think, for about four months before we then switched to N4. Yeah. And then we played Code 1, actually, for most of that bridging area. as like a learning point for N4. Yeah. But in N3, O12, was, I found it quite easier to learn because there wasn't so many, like, nested rules. Yeah. And then you hit N4. And when you look at the points, you go, ah, oh, I really wish I had, you know, three or four more points left because I want to squeeze this thing in. And then I've got a really good army that can take on anything. But I think that's the great balance you've got is you can't quite fit everything into a list. You've got to compromise somewhere. Yeah. But you've still got some very cool stuff in there too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm now uh the the, the league that I've the, the Dutch hybrid league. I, I uh it's it's for all the the, the 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 players from the Netherlands. And uh I had I've 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 done with the restriction of just two lists. I was like, there there are five games you can bring a list. For every game, and that's perfect for O12, because now I can 
All right, in this one I will take Hector because now I have the points for it. In this one I take a Gamma because then I have the points for that. Yeah. In this one, <laughs> so I can try out every profile because uh, if if I want to cram it all in one, it's just impossible. Yeah, but that's the good. With, with one thing I found with O twelve, I think is that one one change can change the entire dynamic of how the list could be played. Yeah, and I've. I think strategically that's helped educate me quite a lot on how to play infinity is trying to have your plan a, but not rely on it so much that when that collapses, because it will, you have some things in reserve. So you, you've got another strategy sitting yeah. there and it's maybe a little bit easy with O12 to have that because you do have something like a gamma, which is excellent in its own right. And it could potentially play well, win you the game, but it's going to be prioritized and it's probably going to be taken out. So what do you have as your alternatives to help you complete the mission when, when plan A goes horribly yeah. wrong? If that's your only Feuerbach or HMG, you're, you're a bit of screwed when it drops. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, uh, um, uh, what we, we have a system of the good, the bad and the ugly uh, when we go to uh, any of the troops or strategies that, uh, that we like. So, what what's for you the good and the bad and the ugly and starting with the good? Oh, it starting with the good is the hardest bit because there is so much in O12 that is good. I mean, obviously the gamma with Barback has come up a couple of times. We've also got Hector, which is a bit of a cheat one because he's obviously um, actually part of a left, but great that he's in O12. And then some of the core ones that are actually in O12 and more in vanilla are definitely things like the Gangbuster. Mm -hmm. That's an incredibly versatile, but I think also sometimes underrated unit. Yeah. Because it's often, you go with a killer hacking version. So it's a specialist for most missions. It's infiltration. It's got MSV1. It's got mimetism minus three. And it's also got the mad traps, which, yeah. I mean, if you ignored the mad traps, that would be a good unit in its own right for the points you're spending. But then you add mad traps and you can really mess with someone's like game plan by sticking a, a glue a glue mine somewhere where it's going to go off if they activate the model that you see as a problem. So yeah, gangbusters are, are absolutely one of my favorites. I don't know if you've come across them or use them, but, but they're I excellent, them. I think. Yeah, I, I think they get underestimated because there's, there's this general uh, idea that the best infiltrator is also one that comes with camouflage. So mm. that it leads, at least needs discovering and you're not like if your opponent takes the first turn, you're in the open and you can be grasped because uh, and, and you're, you're close to the to the opponent and you're not there's no need to discover and you can fire at it but on the other side like you said there's the this mad trap so there's a good way of if you're not getting the first first turn to protect your position uh and uh, and uh, and mess and and yeah grind uh, grind your opponent to a halt because he has to figure out how to pass this math rep which is sometimes easy i mean the amount of times i've lost mad traps to just a dodging warband yeah. is unreal however it comes with two of them so you can very easily you know use that as at least you know a bit of a chance that you might glue something and then that's an inconvenience but you can also move the gangbuster around and then lay a mad trap somewhere else yeah Sure, especially if your opponent has uh, moved up a little and uh, has mm. already spent its warbands, it's very nice to lay this other mad trap down. Exactly, and then in a, on a similar thread, you know, something like Team Sirius, 
is another model where, or another unit profile, where I haven't really seen anything similar in another faction, really. I think it, it probably it might exist, and I just haven't seen it. But the team series, to me, I was getting to the stage where I was taking two of them, yeah. because the heavy riot stoppers on the serious dog, plus the fact that that's a repeater, and they've got forward deployment eight inches, means that it's very easy for you to move those up, get them into a threat range where either the repeater is going to be annoying, because you know taking the hacking device version of the team serious is always very sensible. Or, again, you've probably got a killer hacker on the table if you're taking gangbusters, so that's quite a a good repeater network. But then the heavy riot stopper is a horrible thing. (laughs) It forces some very bad decisions. And and when you're following that up with a a serious handler who probably has the SMG, you know, it's, are you going to dodge the heavy riot stopper? But then the SMG might hit you. You you are giving people some very bad, or you're potentially hacking them depending on what you're facing. So that is a very good unit for making someone force them into bad decisions really yeah 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 it's it's it it has become a pinnacle unit uh for me especially because it's it's uh it's it's a repeater that you can uh forward deploy um the threat of going around the corner and facing this the heavy right stopper but also getting to a corner of a building and just getting into this hacking range and especially, uh, I, you can get so many, pretty, like you have the, the, the hacker from the team series him, him, himself. Uh, then you have your gangbuster killer hacker probably. So that's that's a load of hackers that you can probably get some help with. Like a, a Kappa for 12 mm. points and half SWC, you have another hacker. You can really create very strong hacker zones uh, with this one. And uh, they've become a, a mainstay for me just to uh, find ways to, to, to hack everyone to, to, to bits in the midfield. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Add that, you know, the Millicent Copperbot guided missile yeah. and spotlight anything that moves within repeater zones or anything like that. And, and again, all of a sudden, you've actually got within four models or four units yeah. maybe three if you if you're adding something like the kappa or the cyber ghost if you want the pitcher to you know try and extend that repeater range you've got four units on the field that together mesh very well for a highly effective hacking network yeah yeah it's, and and yeah it's, and still have room uh, because the points cost to 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 make uh, uh, the army however you want it's like i, I start off with either one or two team seriouses then a gangbuster then uh, the Millicent, and then let's see if I either want the Cyber Ghost or a Kappa and just make this an awesome hacking thing, and then let's see what I do with the rest of the army. Well, that that's completely it. And actually, within all of those units, pretty much, you've also got some good defensive layers there. Yeah. You know, obviously, with the Team Sirius and with the Gangbuster, it doesn't matter if you lose one or two of those because you've still got some backup options. I'm, I was forever losing the Team Sirius within the first couple of orders if I was going second, yeah. they were always targeted. And so I was getting really frustrated because I never got a chance to use them properly. But then my opponents would always explain why they were targeted. And it was always because left alone, they could cause havoc. I mean, worst case scenario, or like for them or for me, all it does is sit at the midfield line and is a deterrent because of the you know heavy riot stoppers in the hacking network. Yeah. But actually, if I push the orders into one of them and use it as a bit of a suicide unit, it can ruin fire teams and and start. And 
I started to do that, play them very aggressively. Yeah. Remembering that the serious dog is only about five points. So it's, it's big and it's useful, but it's actually cheap for, you know, clearing mines or for, you know, gluing some of a fire team, because actually if you line them up correctly, especially if you're going first, chances are one or two of them aren't going to succeed their dodge. And that means that it's going to basically be broken and they're going to be fairly useless for the rest of the game. So that's why they got targeted is because they are very lethal if they're given the space to do what they do best. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, uh, even then, if you, if if they're they're killed, like it it takes your opponent orders to to to, to root them out, uh, take some risk. And if you got like two ser- team seriouses and a gangbuster, if you got them spread along the uh, the, uh, the 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 twenty inch line, you you probably have the whole table covered in hacking zone, in mad trap, jumping in in any any corner will be uh, will be glued. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, it's like I've, I'm an Ariadna player as my main, and I mostly depend on my midfield to be hidden. And this one is like, okay, I'm very open about what's standing here, but it's dangerous all, as all hell. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's been exactly it. Like, it's no surprise what O12 is doing when things are on the table because there's not a lot of shenanigans or hidden stuff. Yeah. But it's still very difficult to dig that out because it can be very solid in its own right. And that's something that I, that's another reason why I think O12 is great for new players because there aren't too many hidden aspects. There's not a lot of finesse required. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of play what you see, but it's actually just still fun to watch people try and deal with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's still, still, you still need to do it. Yeah. You know what it is, but the, the, by knowing it takes effort <laughs> to, get, to get rid of it. Exactly right. And, and I think as well within the, the good units. There's also, I mean, things like the uh, Lawkeeper bike, that's excellent for mm-hmm. running around. Because again, if you go with the the Sidebot version, which is the only profile I really take, because it's a specialist, and then you've got like a glue bot. And <laughs> again, that glue bot can do the same thing that we were talking about with the Sirius Dog. You can charge it up the field, which is obviously very easy when it's impetuous and it's eight inches uh, in its first move. You can throw that glue bot at anything and just chance the chance the glue going off or you can use it to clear mines like it's incredibly versatile no matter what you're facing and that's another great thing about o12 is that one unit can actually perform a multitude of roles i feel you, yeah you know there's not one good way to play it you can do it any which way and it will still be correct yeah for sure like and yeah the, with these side bots uh uh, that's mostly where other armies uh, need to tend to use their warbands to do that job. And now you just send the sidebot and you still, if the sidebot goes, you still keep your order from your lawkeeper while others will lose a warband and be and be down yep. in order. Exactly. And then, I mean, that's the thing. We've, we've obviously still then got warbands. I mean, the Varangian yeah. at only 12 points with smoke then pairs so perfectly with the Epsilon with its MSV2 and, and you either take the multi-sniper variant or you take the HMG. And it's incredibly difficult to remove an Epsilon when it's got Mimitism minus three and it's probably on a rooftop. And you know, if you if you do it well, you're shooting through smoke. There's not a lot of ways to play that wrong. You just <laughs> spiff smoke and shoot <laughs> and then things start to work out quite well. Yeah, if your if your opponent is wise, they will make sure that they're not in line of sight of this uh, epsilon when uh, when the Varangian guard starts sm- tossing smoke in front of him. 
yeah and that's that's why either the epsilon generally the epsilon was always my held back unit just so that i then had the choice as to who i was potentially targeting first um or it would be something like the law keeper where i then wanted to attack maybe like a weaker flank or something but that that strategy rarely works the epsilon is definitely the better thing to hold back yeah and what are some other favorites that you have what, what's good oh, there's so much in the right circumstances. I mean, the Gamma, I didn't play as often as I should have done because I, I just kept seeing things like Hector mm -hmm. at like 20 points more. And and again, Hector is very good on his own. Like you don't, he doesn't need a support crew. You can just chuck him into an objective room. You can chuck him into the enemy line. But the only downside is that he's generally the lieutenant. So Hector's best paired with Cho mm -hmm. so that you at least have a fallback option when Hector does die because he he will if you play him as aggressively as he deserves to be yeah and then I'd hide Cho as something like an Omega yeah. which is an excellent unit if, if you take the proper Omega I mean Mimitas a minus six on something that's as armored and has the weaponry that the Omega has that's another thing that you can just very easily charge up the table and not really worry about whether it's stuck out in the open or whether it faces, you know, like a missile, you know, a Noctifer appears mm. out of nowhere. You know, that's, it's quite hardy. And that's, I think O12 plays a lot like Pano in some ways in that there's lots of good heavy options that are solo excellent units that don't need to be paired with something, you know, in order to work. Yeah. But then, like kind of said, with the Varangians and the Epsilon and the Team Sirius and the Gangbuster, there are a few synergies there that if you do combine them, then it's going to elevate how your army can play against most other factions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm 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 a big fan of the Gamma. I uh, I, mm. I I play him a lot. Uh, uh, sp uh, either the heavy machine gun or the Feuerbach, because um, it being armor six and having this extra ballistic skill, which makes the Feuerbach go with three shots, which is amazing to have a weapon with uh, AP, AP DA and just be able to uh, to 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 uh, get multiple wounds or half someone else's armor, while being armor nine in cover for if if you're if you're by chance hit, uh, you can shrug most of the things off coming your way. So I like him just being uh, uh, from from my deployment zone, raining dead on uh, on my opponent. Uh, I've 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 been in some hellish firefights with him, and, and he he comes out the top, especially since it's two wounds, and after that it's no wound in cap, so mm. it it's 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 like three wounds, so it 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 can, it can keep going, and um, yeah, I love Hector as well, but Hector is always running around, so once yeah. Hector is is getting hit, uh, the Gamma is 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 a far easier target to have a uh, Yutbot close. Or a medic close and just uh, heal him up. Uh, I especially like to <laughs> put Gamma with uh, with Parvati and just uh, when he's no wound in cap, uh, send a Yutbot and add two wounds again. Uh, I had in one game uh, put on uh, put six wounds back on, so uh, my opponent had like two turns of firing at my Gamma, and by the end of the game he was at full health. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Well, Pavati's a great one as well. And, yeah. and again, when you kind of look towards something like Starmada, where you can put Pavati into like link teams and fire teams, she's very good at running with someone like Hector 
and you know then healing and, and being there but she is quite expensive that's the only downside but we've got you know smaller engineers um in with the lambdas or and medics in with the lambdas and that, and they're a great option as well for that healing role within a list yeah yeah it comes a bit down to uh uh how many spots do you have in your list do you want to s- spread it out and bring a lambda and uh uh, engineer and uh, and uh, um, and doctor, or just one Parvati. Um, it's, it's just well, there's all, there's also the Delta Doctor yeah. as a potential option for you know that multi-variant role. As we kind of have already identified, O12 has a wide array of multi-role options, and and the Delta Doctor is a is a prime example where you know you could land with a Yudbot or, mm-hmm. or parachute walk in heal something that is, you know, further forward than it maybe should be. And then you've got a specialist in the back line that can, you know, start shooting stuff or it can go and grab objectives in the back line. So that's an, and all of these are actually reasonably costed. Like the gamma yeah. is what, like 50, 56, 57 points in the HMG version. Mm-hmm. But, and then the Delta Doctor is is actually well costed. It's kind of like high 20s as opposed to when you look at, you know, like the Crusher. Which is then like low thirties, but it does come with a bit more, bit more tools. So we've got, again, so many options, and and there's no real bad choices with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, the Delta was one of the uh, jumped out to me uh-huh. <laughs> for being, <laughs> for being, yeah, uh, on a on a very good price range, and uh, especially uh, to to come from a flank, I can like just put some. Just put something about 30 ish points aside. Bring this delta on. Just surprise your opponent in the second turn. Uh, see how it goes. Because uh, what I what I found out is that yeah, especially when you you go with with uh, you, a lot of the the, the, the expensive tools like uh, like like the gamma and the um, and Hector is that you can uh, get a bit bogged into your own deployment zone. Um, yeah. Uh, especially if someone uh, go, goes out and gunning uh, for uh, the few things that you have in the in, in the midfield, um, it's good to have a option to be able to flank or or get close, and not spend a whole lot of orders to move something across the field because you were uh, outmaneuvered. Absolutely, and yeah, the Delta is, is a great option there uh, yeah. for sure. It's it's one that I I didn't play enough because I was running out of points. Yeah, but is an excellent option yeah well any uh, any other favorites or do we need to go to the bad i think yeah there were definitely a few favorites especially when you start to play you know starmada different things then become your favorites so like Nyokas, they are excellent in like a core fire team especially with the the rocket launcher and I, I didn't use blue coats as often as i expected when i saw the starmada pack like cool model yeah but i just didn't see the role within the list as much um and then things like the beta troopers are excellent and again they're great in vanilla but then there's obviously good options for them in in starmada something like the bronze i did play a core that had hector pavati a bronze and uh Yoka, and then i think oh, i think it was a kappa was making the core up of that and that was a horrible group to be moving up because it would it would just destroy anything it saw but it was also <laughs> highly vulnerable to if it did get killed yeah 
there, there was then no points elsewhere on the board really of any use. Yeah, <laughs> all the eggs. They the are Bron- there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the bronze is good. And yeah, as I said, the beta trooper, that would probably work well in a Harris for Starmada. But again, it's a lot of points to be getting into like a small, highly mobile group. So there's a, there's definitely a couple of options there. But yeah, it's it's difficult to find anything that was super standout for me in 012. Not because there wasn't there weren't great options, but they were all equally great given different circumstances, different play styles, you know, like the Gamma, as, as you kind of said probably great in any list because it's incredibly versatile as just dishing out a lot of pain and being able to take it too. And then there's other things that work quite well in terms of a little bit more, I I suppose, finesse. um, And maybe I didn't manage to grasp them, which is why some of these are then going to come into that bad category. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the Beta Trooper is also a standout unit for me because because of, yeah, being a structured unit with remote presence, it's, it's, uh, if you bring an engineer, you have uh, an easier time to bring him back up again because of uh, it being able to go into two states of unconsciousness. So to get rid of it, your opponent really needs to uh, shoot beyond its, its, it, it being dead to make sure yeah. that it's off the table. And when he doesn't, yeah, it's pretty easy to get him back up again. So it's it's uh, it's uh, like yeah it's that little robot that keeps keeps on going for me. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had missions where I've just chucked a beta trooper at the problem. Like it was actually, it wasn't intended to be my problem solving unit, but it was like the only thing that was left in a yeah. certain situation. And it just it didn't matter that I was leaving it out in the open. It didn't matter what I was facing. It would just take the hits and then just keep on going. Like they they are absolute machines given the right circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it being mimetism and BS thirteen, so their 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 chances are good in a in a in a in a gunfight. And even when they're not, they can dodge on physic fifteen, so they just just keep on trucking. Climbing plus yeah. so they come from different angles. It's man, it's a package. It's really nice yeah, package. It is. And if you want to hack that thing down, you can bring some tinbot profiles and still be uh, still keep on going. Well, exactly, and that's the thing. It is a good unit, and you can use it on in isolation, and it will do a great job. Or you can pair it with something else, and it just gets even better. And that's that's a lot of the story with O12, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's go to the bath then. Let's let's do it. Let's see what's what's bad. <laughs> okay, so. There were only one or two units that actually made it onto the bad list for me. It's good to hear. And one of them, I think, it was actually the the Lynx. Uh-huh. It's, I, I don't think it deserves to be here because I think I just, I played it wrong for so long. I then put it into the, like the unusable category. I was making the mistake of using the plasma rifle profile because I love plasma rifles and I, that's what I use with Hector whenever I use that. But... Because it doesn't have forward deployment or anything like that, to actually get into the good range band of the plasma rifle is is really tricky. Mm -hmm. So things have to be going wrong in order for that to be the solution to the problem. And I found this one or two times where the time I was revealing my links was when someone had come so far, it was tearing through my, had torn through my gangbuster and my team series through my defensive line and was now threatening something really important. Then the links was there but you're heavily reliant on it being in exactly the right place. Yeah. Whereas I actually think if you take the multi-sniper profile, 
and maybe even start it as a camo token instead of it being in full hidden deployment. It's still then generating orders and, and O12 can struggle with being a bit order starved because there's yeah. so many big units. Yeah. Whereas I think if you start it as a camo token, that's a bit of a threat anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you can use the surprise attack still to potentially take on something quite insane. But yeah, the links was one where I really wanted to use it and love it, but just couldn't quite find the role for it. Yeah. Well, I start looking at the links when I have to face missions where I uh, where there's an exclusion zone. So there's not mm. many infiltrators to begin with. Um, so you don't feel that pain uh, for uh, having a hidden unit that's not far that far up the board. Um, so, but I still am I'm intended on using it. So uh, especially the plasma, because coming from a hidden position and then being able to lay a blast could be devastating yeah. uh, for anyone not expecting it. Exactly right. And it, it, it obviously can work as like a really gotcha ARO, as long as you've placed it very well to like an obvious channel where something is going to be coming through, like a, yeah. a really aggressive Harris or something. But yeah, it, it relies, I think, on you playing it, knowing what you're going to be doing in, in two moves time, but also being happy with it maybe never making an appearance because if, yeah something else is doing its job properly, you might not be using the links. And would you be happy with that unit and all of those points never actually being used? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's a niche thing uh, to... Uh, and and it's, yeah, you're, you're, like you said, you're spoiled for choice. So why bring it if you can bring like a beta trooper which is close by with, on the same prospect and really can go and uh, do some work? Exactly. And... It, I think that was the similar reason as to why the Razor also mm-hmm. it ended up on my bad list, but not because it's not a bad unit, but because O12 doesn't have a lot of infiltrating camouflage. So everyone, anyone who knows O12 would know exactly what it is. If, you, yeah. if you're putting two camouflage tokens about the midway part and you're playing O12, it's like, well, that's a Razor. And then you kind of lost a little bit of your opportunity to you know, maybe surprise someone with mm-hmm. how you're going to play it and what you're going to do. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm looking at the profiles and like, yeah, I, I would say keep them hidden because, like, yeah. a mine is devastating, but a hitting boarding shotgun template, not expecting while a core team is walking by, uh, can be devastating as well. It can be. And then that falls into the same situation that we were talking about with the links. Is yeah. it, It's very much that. It's it's almost like a one-trick pony mm-hmm. where that's the thing you're relying on happening to justify the costs. And if that fire team doesn't walk past that exact area and you can't yeah. line them up with a boarding shotgun, are you happy that you maybe have misplaced those points when, as we've kind of said, there are other things where if you don't do anything because it's so visible, it's actually, you know, like a threat and a deterrent and it actually still serves a bit of a purpose potentially, or it's reinforcing something else, you know, it's providing to that hacker network or yeah. it is a bit of a deterrent in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm looking at the racer forward observer, just like if, if, if the, the juicy target doesn't pass by, there's some missions where you have to grab the objective at the very last moment. Uh, to have a hidden unit be ready uh, for that uh, for that move, uh, just to uh, grab an objective in the last turn by coming out of deployment and booping the boop. That's true. That can be handy. 
Um, yeah, that would be very good. As long as you haven't, you know, depleted your order pool so much that you can't get there. So definitely the placement to be near one of those things would yeah. be absolutely ideal. Yeah. So that's where I, I would keep the razor in mind. But yeah, like you said, it's pretty more niche. And uh, yeah, these units, I see that uh, yeah, yeah, you're looking for synergies in 012. And these units trying to seem to fall off this that synergy wagon. Oh, you're completely right. And, yeah. and I think that's maybe another reason why I, I didn't gravitate towards them quite so much is because you know there, there wasn't a way for them to, to help another unit do its job better, whereas there were so many other unit profiles that could do that, that I felt almost selfish taking them and yeah. just going like, you're, you're here for yourself and maybe you'll <laughs> get the glory or maybe you won't ever see the table at all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other? Yeah, the, the, those were the two bads because you said you had two on the list. Uh... Well, the other one was actually Hector. Ah, oh, Which, I oh. know. Oh, this is. A I've fun played one. him so many times that I feel I feel bad every time I put him in my list because it's kind of like a crutch a little bit. Uh-huh. Is Hector goes in the list because if all goes if all else fails, Hector's there to save the day. But also, if you play him wrong and he gets isolated or he gets killed you've i've lost my lieutenant who is providing my lieutenant who's providing two like three orders because he's obviously doing his regular order then his two lieutenant orders are becoming regular so i've lost three orders in an army that is typically quite order staffed for me so that reliance and that crutch also means that when he is removed from the table which he has been many times way too early the whole thing falls apart because he's providing a lot of the power for something else to potentially do it. And then I also find in my more recent games with Hector that he was doing nothing until turn three because I was too afraid of losing those three orders, probably justifiably, that I had a 70-point unit that was doing nothing until turn three. And then it was doing everything. You know, it was taking the objective room or it was killing things, but it's just so hard to have something so powerful doing nothing for two thirds of the game yeah well i I would would explain like okay you have these yeah you spend like uh 69 points but cut it in threes because you're bringing three orders for it that's true uh and then the the cost is not that the the the, does not weigh that much on you because using those orders on a other guy like like a beta trooper or whatever you bring uh, it's still a good investment. Uh, so maybe not running around and because everyone knows, oh, this is the guy where the three orders come from. So let's kill it. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. But then I was finding, well, is it worth like, you know, 69 points for three orders? But for 69 points, I could also bring three regular units that were probably doing something, you know, that might be yeah. like, two teams serious. And then maybe a gangbuster. But then you think about that incredible plasma rifle on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How much and that's the thing. He, he's, he's very much a crutch. You know, like you know, by taking him, most situations are going to be fine so long as he's around around to deal with them. So I think that's why he kind of went into my bad list was because I developed some bad habits by playing him, mm-hmm. and I needed to just not rely on Hector being there to solve the problem. It, it's it's not that the unit is bad, it makes you bad. That's that's why it's in exactly, the bad yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt bad taking him because at the tournament that I just went to, both of the O twelve lists had Hector. Mm-hmm. And then there were two there were two still Phalanx lists, I think, and one a left list. And pretty much 
anyone who could take Hector was taking Hector. So that made me feel like he's now part of, he's defining some of the meta if everyone's almost defaulting to taking him in a, in a list if they can. Yeah, I know, I know, know this feeling. You're like, all right, I know this one is good. Like I have that with the um, Mirage 5 team in, 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 in Ariadna. Like, all right, we know we can drum into the deployment zone and rip half an army apart. But do I want to do that if everyone is doing it? Yeah. Yeah, I, ex I experienced the Mirage 5 for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I do not like them. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, what jumps out to you as ugly? That's a really that's a really tough one. I think there's definitely some that, you know, Shona Carano isn't necessarily ugly, but doesn't, I think, fit into the into the lists as much as she maybe should do. And I think that's because there's something like Hippolyta, who is slightly better and isn't quite as expensive in my mind. But then Hippolyta's beaten by the likes of Liang Kai, who can also go into O12. And I think that's maybe the ugly aspect of O12 is that some of the really good units aren't actually O12 at all, apart from <laughs> the Gangbuster in Team Sirius and, and a few of the ones that are unique to O12. Yeah. There's actually quite a few that sit on the peripheral that are excellent. And you would, if you wanted something that was maybe unique yet, or you're more unique to O12, there's maybe one of those like generic specialists that can do it a bit better. <laughs> yeah. But Liang Kai is excellent. If you want like a, yeah. a, a close combat unit that would just charge up the field on a bit of a suicide run, you would definitely take that over like Hippolyta, who you might take over Shona Karano. But then also if you want that role, there's Varangians and they've yeah. got smoke and berserk. So we've just got too many options. So you start with an expensive one and like I can this I can do cheaper. I can do more I can do cheaper. I can do cheaper with smoke. Okay, I will stay with yeah. the, the cheapest with smoke. Yeah, exactly. And so that there were there were profiles that never ever made it to my lists just because I felt there was something cheaper that could do it better sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's why I'm a bit disappointed in myself that I didn't play the Gamma more often, was because that actually falls into that cheaper, better category when yeah. I was maybe looking at, you know, uh, maybe even Hector to solve my problems or the, the couple of times where I took the, the Zeta mm -hmm. just to give it a go. I probably should have been looking at the Gamma instead because that's it's actually quite good for the points. And the Zeta maybe Such falls cool into thing. that ugly category, yeah. but not because it's bad. But it's actually quite expensive for what you get when you do have Hector at the same points and he's smaller so he can hide better and he's obviously very good and he brings the extra orders. Yeah. And then obviously something like the Gamma is a lot cheaper but actually has great armor and, and does a lot of the things the Zeta would, you know, you might rely on but is again smaller. So, yeah. you know, the Zeta goes into that ugly category a little bit, I think. Yeah, it it's mostly comes down to the power of the gun. Like the yeah. hypermagnetic cannon, like right, the gamma also if it has a heavy machine gun, it can also fire five shots. But the hypermagnetic cannon just brings a bit, a bit of uh, yeah AP or uh, what have you. So that's that's a that's a big difference when you hit. Uh, on yeah. the other hand, yeah, it's it's bigger than uh, than Hector, but Hector can needs to close in. To uh, yeah. uh, to get uh, to get the killing done, 
So it comes down to, all right, what, what do you want to do? You want to have a big gun? Do you want to uh, still want a big unit, but with a bit smaller impact? Because <laughs> I still think that AP makes a difference in uh, in this uh, in N4, especially now with the crits not killing you outright. And yep. so when you crit, if something still has uh, a lot of armor, you're all tough cookie. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I'm, I'm still looking at the Zeta here to to be painted, and I'm 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 definitely gonna try him out once he once he has been painted, because it's yeah. been. A, <laughs> I think it's a war crime that you have to take the, so long to get this arm sticked on the model because of the weight of the of of its arm gun. It's cool, but I had to sit like a half hour for the, for the, for the glue to set it, in. It's so heavy that model <laughs> as well. You know, like it's it's. A very heavy model. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drop it on your foot. No. <laughs> well, it's well if, if, if from the three, if you get the most frustrated with your opponent, you at least know that with the Zeta you can kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, I, I think I've given the Zeta like two two tries um, mm -hmm. just to just to give it a go, and I think the problem I found was that it was actually quite easy to tie down buy something a lot cheaper um you know it was it was easy for my opponent to kind of mitigate yeah. a little bit uh, and it does just become a shoot off you know like in your active turn with the five dice and yeah. shooting something in cover you might win but if you yeah. don't you're then basically suffering the same fate but on like burst one so it, it just becomes like a war of attrition you know who's yeah. slowly going to chip away the wounds to kill it and you know maybe if you've got pavati with a with a yud bot you know there yeah the zeta would be a very annoying prospect so long as it's positioned. i mean the climbing plus is good because that means obviously it can get on the rooftop and then get a bit more field of view mm -hmm. but yeah so it could but again is it's when you're looking at 70 ish points over 70 points again i just feel there's a couple of things in the list like hector or like the gamma and then the gamma gives you lots of points spare for something else yeah there's just other things that could maybe in the toolbox that aren't so one-dimensional but then if you want one-dimensional which is good if you're learning the zeta's excellent to plonk on the table because your opponent then has to deal with it you don't really have to think about defensive onion layers and stuff like that it's just the zeta's there you've yeah. got to deal with it otherwise you're going to get shot and everything's going to die i got the big gun you need to hide <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah for sure any 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 other ugly units None that really spring to mind, to be fair. I think we, we're very lucky that there's a lot of option and a lot of choice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think there's almost nothing that wouldn't be worth trying and taking at some stage. And that and most things would work in, in quite a few yeah. lists. And and I think you pretty much can just go nuts. I mean, the, the, the Crusher, I don't use it a lot. And sometimes I'll speak bad about it because the Delta's there is a cheaper, yeah, effective yeah, yeah. option. But the crush is also good because it's got mimetism and and it does have forward deployment as an option. So that almost every every unit can be used in the right circumstances yeah. and, and with the right person in charge. So there's actually very little on on the bad and the ugly list really with O12. Because yeah. yeah, it's still over the delta. It has a no wound incap with immunity shock, so it's a two wound right. unit. So it's, yeah. it it has more. It, it it's it you pay for a bit more staying power uh, compared to the delta. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I haven't seen the Crusher used more because on paper it, it works and I don't know whether the points just mean that it doesn't 
get in the lists as often. But another unit that I I've maybe seen played once was the I'm going to forget its name now. It's these chain of command option that has the weird beta trooper robot with it. Oh, the 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 the, the alpha. That's the one. I yeah. don't know what I had Andromeda stuck in my head, which is an excellent unit. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I had the alpha. So yeah, I, I've only seen it used once, and then I've never seen it used by other people in O12 lists. But again, that on, on, in theory, that should be better. But I don't know if it's just a victim of there being different options out there. I think it's the victim of its size. Oh, there's that too. Uh, mostly, if like this, this alpha, you you. If it's lieutenant or the chain of command, you want to hide it. And if you come on a table where it's silhouette four, uh, yeah, it it could be easily found uh, instead That's of an, uh, yeah. uh, like Cho, who's twenty points, and you can chuck in a corner. So it's what well, well, Cho's hollow mask is invaluable because yeah. you either you know you either make it something like an epsilon or or an omega, and then someone's like, well, I want to avoid it, and it's a deterrent at twenty yeah. points with Cho. And is easy to hide, but yeah, with with the alpha, it's just it, there's it's there's not quite enough there for it to be even really considered in in many of my lists, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, still, with maybe you'll have option, luck with it. It. <laughs> it can do some crazy combat. So. Yeah, that's but that, but then again, yeah. there's you know things like Varangians, there's Liankai, there's you know Hector if you if you want great yeah. CC. There's quite a lot of stuff out there, and obviously Andromeda, which has a huge arsenal in its toolkit if you do want something that can make someone's day really bad yeah my day has been made bad and it's uh, one of the one of my battles against uh, guys from concilium watch uh, oh, yeah. where i was surprised by the andromeda because by the time i didn't know that was something you had to be afraid of and uh, it killed uh, like a quarter of my army in the first turn <laughs> Yeah, uh, brought yeah brought yeah. my veteran Cossack down low because it stared at it. It's like, okay, do you want combat with the charge? Do you want to be hit by a zapper? Do you want some submachine gun up your face? What do you want? <laughs> <It's> like... Yeah, <laughs> there's no good choices when you're facing no. Andromeda. No, it's uh, it's it's it, 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 it's in the category ugly because it can do ugly things to your to your <laughs> opponents. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, also when you the, the Psychops, what do you think about uh, that one? I've used the Psychops as a filler for a core, I think, just to have the hacking option mm-hmm. in when I've done Stamart, played Stamada. But otherwise, I've never really played the Psychop. Like again, it 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 flirts with my lists mm-hmm. because in theory it's really good. <laughs> but then when the rubber hits the road and I actually start to construct how things are going to work together the psychop just ends up being you know like a a filler unit for me and maybe only once or twice has it been good because if it's with a a core with hector which is very forward moving having a hacker there is good for that just zone of control denial and just that area denial and just giving someone something else to think about a little bit yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's always a specialist so and with the bs13 and mimetism minus three so it's when it starts fighting it's pretty uh pretty incredible and like the the, the cheapest option is 19 points to yeah. get a bs 13 minus three unit which is also a specialist for 19 points that's 
Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, it, it it does, and that's the thing. It it look it seems like it would be excellent on paper, but then I think in the circumstances where I would use it, yeah, it's it's kind of falling secondary. So it is it's like my plan B option. You know, if I've yeah. if every, if my core has gone up the table and it started to lose some key things, you know, splitting off the psychop to then go push some buttons or to to hack stuff or or even to shoot stuff. You're right because it is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's fairly resilient if it's isolated on its own in the middle of the table. But I, I've just never seen it as like a, a core defining aspect of any strategy, but it's still a good unit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the thing that, uh, yeah, some units fall from the wayside because, yeah, there's so, so much good around. And, and as we've, I think, touched upon a couple of times with yeah. O12, that's a bit of the problem with it is you've, you're just spoiled for choice. And so some, yeah. some good units that in another faction would be invaluable that might not get the table time with O12. Yeah, like if I look at it and uh, use it in Ariadne, like a 19 point BF13 unit with minus three and it's a specialist, come on board. We we can ditch one chasseur for you to fit in. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and that's exactly it. It's O12 does have so many toys that and again, that's why it's surprising that maybe more people don't play O12 because there's so much variety and there's there's lots of cool stuff in there that, you know, maybe other factions don't even get to experience properly. So, you know, like having just moved over to start to try and understand military orders a little bit better, mm-hmm. having no smoke is so weird because O12 <laughs> has very cheap smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's 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 a Pano thing. They it's they're they're not allowed by their religion or something. It's uh... that that's absolutely fine because I think it would be a bit a bit bad if they did. But yeah. actually, now that, now that it comes to think about it, one unit that I think falls into the ugly category in the same way that Andromeda does, in that it can do ugly things and horrible things, is like the Raptor. Yeah. And, that's such a good unit. And again, it's actually one of those few where it, it works very well in isolation because of the, the diva bot uh, that accompanies it, you know, with the heavy flamethrower and the fact that it's a killer hacker. So you can cyber mask it to make it very difficult to stop as it wanders up the table looking for a juicy target to flame. But it can also work in synergy because it does have the killer hacking device. If you pair that with Team Sirius, You've then got the repeater network and another killer hacker on the table if your gangbuster falls down. So, yeah, the Raptor has become almost like an auto-include in so many of my lists recently. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's one that that's very looked over. But, yeah, again, having such a diva bot, it's like bringing another warband, which you will not use when you used on uh, mines or something. You will not lose your order for. Uh, yeah, it's very versatile. And being and NCO, the, the NCO is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it that gets lost a little bit because I'm often taking Hector. Yeah. So the, the NCO ability isn't important, but it's great if you're not taking Hector, then this NCO like, ability is fantastic. And this is the one that speeds forward. And especially, yeah. uh, I like the combination of the Spitfire and the Light Flamethrower, because sometimes you get... <laughs> that, that's horrible. I think again, I was taking the the multi rifle killer hacker version pretty much every time because of the just the cyber masking. And again, like if you if you are in a list where Hector isn't present and there's just a normal lieutenant, you know, lieutenant order sat there not doing anything, 
using that lieutenant order to cyber mask then doesn't feel like a waste of a regular order. Oh yeah, the cyber masking. Oh, dude. and then it's day for both. Also cyber mask. Oh, this is, this yeah. is, that's just plain rude. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's it's ugly because it's the the things you can do with it when you successfully cyber mask and you're moved up the table and you've got a Spitfire or, or you've got the multi rifle actually like behind a light flamethrower and then there's a heavy flamethrower probably in the mix. You know, someone's going to dodge. And if you're making a really important unit not shoot at you because it's dodging because it's afraid of everything that's coming its way, you're doing a good job there because yeah. chances are you'll get some shots through. So it actually helps to, it's expensive, obviously, 42 points or so, but you're mitigating something that could be a real problem for you. You yeah. know, you could you could go up against something like Achilles, which is typically Mimitas a minus six and, you know, it's heavy flamethrowers and it, it, he can dodge well, but at least he's not shooting you back. Yeah. So there's actually a pretty good option. And the 360 visor means it doesn't matter if he gets halfway up the table or in your, in your enemy's half and something tries to sneak up around it because that's not going to happen. No, it's a, yeah. And I've, I've seen Achilles go down to just a burst of flame. So <laughs> that continuous damage. If you roll badly, uh, <laughs> yep, that, Achilles goes bye-bye. <laughs> that's, that's the way Achilles should be killed is in a ball of fire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's good. I, yeah. The rap, the Raptor's excellent if you can use him, and and he is a good one to 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 put in your list, regardless of what else you've got going on. The Raptor's mm -hmm. very good. It's just like a one man show, really. Yeah. And any any other units that need need men mentioning? I was just I was just having a think because I did feel as though I had missed something big. I'm, I originally started playing a few Rem races, mm -hmm. which is odd because like again, not a lot of people I think rave about them. But I think if you're playing that hacking network idea with Team Sirius, as soon as you've yeah. got Team Sirius in the list, you might have, again, the Millicent uh, Copperbot, mm -hmm. which obviously means that, you know, I mean, I don't know whether the Rem Racer is really necessary for the Millicent to do, like, because guided missile shots are fairly good anyway. You're already so, shooting on 18s. So you're like, no, no, yeah. not enough. I want 19. <laughs> <laughs> if you definitely want to kill it, that's yeah. an option. But... But also the Rem Racers are good because they're, they're relatively cheap. You know, some of the 12 point options are actually pretty good uh, to look at. I mean, you generally, you would use it on the plus one BS. And I actually feel like that with the TR HMG is mm -hmm. really good. You know, yeah. using the, using the, I mean, it's 21 points, but using the plus one BS and the hacking device uh, Rem Racer is actually quite good if he's just going to sat there, provide an order, but actually be buffing a couple of different units because then the TRHMG is getting the buff from the rim racer and also you've got an extra hacking device on the table to support the team serious so it's actually quite a good support unit oh yeah 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 and deployable repeater so you know you can deploy that obviously like in your deployment zone if yeah. you're worried about something walking if you're worried about a mirage 5 maybe <laughs> you know you might do a deployable repeater to just cover off an area that makes someone think twice about maybe bringing on a unit there or you know com coming around that flank or making sure that any of the other units are in range for of of being able to be buffed when needed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I also like the the the, the cyber ghosts. Yes. For uh, for them, uh, especially bringing uh, either one, either because uh, yeah, to have 
when you when you have seriouses on the board and and some hackers on the board it's good to have a killer hacker in support but also yeah the the one with the hacking device plus is just yeah add another hacker to uh to uh, to the gang uh well, not that many points I mean, exactly i mean it's the yeah. same points as what we were just looking at with the rem racer you know 21 yeah. points but that picture can be a nice thing if you do just want to pin something down yeah if they already are past the seriousness does there's still a picture to really cover the rest of the table and be a be a, be a hacker fortress yeah i mean to be honest as soon as you've got one or two hackers in addition to the team serious handlers and especially if it's a killer hacker and a hacking device plus to complement their hacking devices people are thinking twice about coming within range of the team serious anyway and <laughs> you know the number of times you know the the team serious that's being attacked or is being charged by something has just dodged or has just done something to try and save its skin but then the other hackers on the table have you know spotlighted the attacker which <laughs> then makes it easier to kill with the plus plus three to hit it's and then obviously if you've got the guided you can just take that out with an order pretty much easily it's it's just another thing to for someone to worry about yeah <laughs> yeah uh, in my one of my last games like my my opponent was hit by a cocktail so okay okay i can do the spotlight i will do data scan because it's classified i can also immobilize <laughs> you you're getting that and you get an isolation here shake 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 blop yeah <laughs> yeah all of the problems you yeah. you now got to deal with yeah. <laughs> and the thing is obviously with with spotlight and a lot of those hacking programs being able to do them in your reactive turn as well means that you know you you can have had spotlight or you could have targeted two or three of your enemy opponents in their turn which then sets you up so nicely for your turn to deal with them. And yeah. I was lucky that one of the times I managed to su successfully do it, it was in a link team and they kind of huddled together at the end of their turn for cover. Oh. And then the guided missile just hit them all. It's, you know, it, it's again, it's, it's a lot of problems that can be fixed with actually only a few, few units. Oh man, that's, that's, that's a point where you, that you need to warn your opponent, like this is, a, this is <laughs> yeah. a sort of Democles. Come on. Do not put them together. Yeah. Just roll for your reset. I'm going to do horrible <laughs> things to you. Don't make me do it. <laughs> I think unless there's a... And also if there's not a guided missile bot on the table, people don't think Spotlight's that bad. They're just like, yeah. oh, I'm, you know, I'm targeted. I'm, I'm plus three to hit. It's like, well, yeah, but plus three to hit is actually quite... A, it basically is negating your cover, um, which yeah. you've probably just positioned yourself so that you get it. Well, now that you now you don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, one of my uh, local opponents, Pim, uh, 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 I, I played against him, and he was he was he was mindful of it because he, he threw some smoke on a supply runner uh, towards it with a uh, chasseur, picked up uh, the supply box, got uh, spotlighted, run away with it, and it was like, okay, wait, halfway. He was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. If I now go and hide, I'm not safe because the target is like. I run the yeah. away, and then the missile follows me, and I'm still, uh, still my supply goes lost. <laughs> so I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> <laughs> so you run in another unit just to pick it up. So, we, so the, the the box was not in the hands of the one of the one targeted. But yeah, if you if you forget, you can, you can you spend all those orders to get that supply, and then a missile ends your day. <laughs> it, it, it's been a dream of mine to be playing something like Panic Room. And to get a guided missile into the room and just <laughs> destroy everything that's there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's a really scary prospect. Yeah, people underestimating targeted. It's, it's uh, do not do it, especially, or at least check. Okay, I'm targeted now. Is there a guided missile on the table? Yeah. yeah. In which case, just be away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've 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 managed with it uh, that I've just went close to an opponent. Like it's always a blast. So if so, let's yeah. let's stand close to an enemy because then he cannot yeah. fire. Yeah, exactly. But then you've got to hope that that enemy isn't you know doesn't have a boarding shotgun or something and is then getting an additional plus three on their shotgun. Uh, well, in my case, it was like I had a Mirage Five team and we had decapitation. So I was next to his lieutenant who was in camouflage. Uh -huh. So it was like, okay, okay, I cannot reveal my lieutenant because then it's dead. So, yeah. but I cannot bombard the uh, rock because uh, then I, uh, I will hit my uh, lieutenant and it, uh, the hit will be cancelled. Oh, Duroc, don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, you played a little bit of N3. Um, so is there were there any any things that what what stayed in your list or what went out or which new things did you get in when uh, when when uh, when flipping over to N4 I think the mad the gangbusters took a little bit of getting used to because they were a mine well the mad traps behaved kind of the same way that they would just rush around and and yeah. get everything Yeah there were crazy koalas in the time yeah yeah, that's it. But then, but then in N4, when they kind of got the the new rule where you didn't have to place them within line of sight or anything like that, that really enhanced how good mad traps were. You know, you could you could place them on top of the rooftop nearby, and that would make things quite problematic. So, I think for me that was something just got that I was using already and quite enjoyed got a little bit better too. Yeah. Yeah, the range of those things. Yeah, that's uh, that's a scary. It's problem. quite bad. Like, yeah. they are very good if you use them properly. They can be quite problematic. Um, and then I think Team Sirius as well got a little bit better from N3 to N4 because of Spotlight kind of yeah. being so good and like so much more useful. And, and so they became option, yeah. That's it. They became easier to justify than they they kind of already were. Um, Mimetism remained very very similar. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of things that, to me, seemed to change massively that would have swung how useful a unit was versus how it was. And I think because O12 was also fairly new in N3, like obviously the the profiles were all there, but I don't like I, I don't really uh, proxy a lot. So mm -hmm. I've got to buy the unit and then I can use it. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't a lot that I could try out. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I've I've been proxying a lot, taking a lot of my LF units, especially because I want to make use of the of the all the the the, the plethora of REM uh, units uh, with uh, with uh, the Kaitas and the Fuzzbot and the Millicent, and you end up with a lot of lot of R, uh, REMs while there aren't any much ramps around uh, as of right now yeah so i've been using yeah. a lot of alef uh, ramps to uh, to good effect yeah and, and that's the thing like kite has made it in yeah. pretty much every single one of my and yeah. the trhmg or the millicent so there were there was always one or two remotes at least yeah um, and they were they were good fun to get i think i 
I got the Lambda kit mostly for like the Yud bots um, <laughs> because I, I needed a side bot for the law keeper and my, I got the Delta Doctors Yud bot as well, but I actually haven't used Yud bots a lot and I probably should because they seem really good as well. Like, Give, give Yud bots to Parvati. You, you will, <laughs> yeah. There, I might have to give that a go actually. Yeah. Everything stays alive from then on. <laughs> yeah that that would be a very useful useful thing actually because i i don't take paramedics or or engineers a lot um it just because like things die and i don't then spend the orders to try and resurrect them because generally my order pool is is just too light mm-hmm. and but i think I, i probably need to because in turn one when the epsilon goes down because i've left it up in aro or anything like that or the gangbuster because it's quite far forward I probably need to have something to try and bring them back. Yeah, yeah, especially for the, the units that stay in your deployment zone are, are good targets to just have a Lambda or a Pavati have some Udbots and be sure that they, that you keep them going. Oh, the Gamma with a Udbot behind it and just oh. firing rounds after rounds, taking hits, being healed, firing rounds again. Yeah, it, it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I think I need to. I do need to give that a go because that sounds very difficult for someone to deal with yeah yeah, yeah. Hi- highly frustrating it's not dead yet yeah. no still not no it ain't no it's feeling <laughs> it's feeling good again yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually like not not a lot left that was kind of like a bit of a mainstay and i think that's um yeah because because then i went into code one pretty much towards the tail end of n3 you know mm-hmm. basically when code one was launched I went into that a little bit more harder than N3, just because I found N3 really difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. And I was still very much in the acquiring information phase. And I was going up against Combined Army. And even though O12 was fairly chill in terms of there not being so many nested rules, it was just small things like trying to learn my opponent's rules and what they could do and what that meant so that I could then make a plan of how I'm going to kill stuff was almost impossible for me in N3. It was just far too complicated. So yeah. I dragged my gaming group into, hey, look, can we give Code One a go just because it's going to help me learn the game quicker because yeah. it's more more basic. And they were actually really keen because they were appreciating that that was going to be the start of them learning N4 and we weren't sure how difficult different N4 was going to be over N3. Yeah, um, for sure. We I've, also I've, had a I've tournament. Same move, yeah. Like, like playing a lot of Code One, like, yeah, because it's N4 light and we're making ready, so leaving N3... Like I, I played like entry on, on a few tournaments the, in the in the in the in the later phase, uh, but all my uh, all my uh, casual games started to turn into uh, Code One until it was N four. Yeah, we we were exactly the same, and and actually we had a tournament that we knew was going to be roughly a week after N four dropped. Yeah. So we were again heavily playing Code One. In fact, we tried to play at one stage like Code One slash n3 mm-hmm. and guess some of the rules that were going to be in n4 to try and help be as ready for it as we could be without knowing what n4 was going to look like mm-hmm. but code one was the mainstay of that because there was enough change there for us to realize that things were a little bit different and that yeah. n3 it wasn't going to be so close to n3 that we could keep playing n3 but i don't think any of us really anticipated just kind of how different n4 was going to be in some ways yeah it was it's so good in terms of streamlining a lot of the rules but also some of the ways it simplified a couple of the interactions made so much sense that i felt that a lot of the things i'd had difficulty learning as i was learning n3 
were gone in N4, and it yeah. just cut the learning time down significantly. Yeah. Well, this it's I'm I'm in a a, a bit of a a, a think right now as a war core uh, because now that like code one was very interesting when N3 was still there, and now that we're in N4 uh, and there were like first four factions that you can choose from. I had the trouble of like all people, some people wanted to start Infinity, but they were dead set on like Nomads mm. or Aleph. And um, then, was, then I was like, yeah, let's not go into code one and get, uh, and get into N4 as, as soon as possible. But now I'm regretting it a little bit because I think, yeah, code one is still, when, 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 my uh, uh, new players start to try and build lists in the, well, in the army builder of N4, there's so many profiles coming their way that they get a bit overwhelmed by it. So I'm actually yeah. like, do I, uh, like, I have to give code one a bit more of a, a go, I think with, uh, with, with my beginning players, but it's still a hassle. Yeah. Like I want them to get them in, in N4 as soon as possible, just because uh, I want them to, to join the tournament and join the, join the, the rest of the group. So it's, it's, it's like the, you have this split. So, uh, what's, what's your, what's your, what's your take on it? I I genuinely think like code one is excellent. It's yeah. such a good foundational way bridging the gap between the quick start rules that you get in any of those operation sets, which are good, but they, they are very much just the basics. And, and without a war core there to guide you, mm-hmm. I don't know that you could comfortably say you're playing infinity just through the quick start rules or have really understood how great the game is. Yeah. Whereas and that jump from you know those quick start rules up to N3 was insane. Yeah. So now having code one as a bit of a bridge between the two, but actually closer to the N4 end of the scale than the quick start rules, means that I, I suppose obviously from for an M4 player, trying to go to code one and just going, oh, I can't do half the things that I should be able to do is quite difficult. But if someone is does learn how to play code one and you can tell they're grasping it, Finding that moment where you go, right now you're ready for N4 would be quite tricky because I can also imagine quite a lot of people being happy to play Code 1 and never going to N4 because yeah. it's actually still quite a good, well, it's it's still infinity at its core. It yeah. just doesn't have a lot of obviously the fun stuff around the outside, but it's still a great game. So I imagine there is going to be a whole group of people who just play Code 1 for their entire time playing infinity. Yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 uh, it, especially when you start making lists by, yeah, it's simpler to make a list and you can, yeah, you have the feeling that you can, you're allowed, especially as an N4 player, that you're allowed more heavier units. Uh, yeah. So you, 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 you're getting a bit of, um, yeah, you, you, you can really take uh, the, 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 the stars of the game uh, a yeah. bit more and more of them. Uh, yeah. So there's still fun to be had to be like, oh, right now I, uh, I, can, I, can, I can bring it all and, uh, and have a go with it. Which is then the downside of jumping into N4 and you go, oh, I can't have all the goodies anymore. <laughs> now you have to think. <laughs> now you have to yeah, you've got, to, you've got to think and you've got to make sacrifices and compromise. And that's another evolution that a player would take from Code 1 to N4 is that, yeah. you know, I suppose compromising and, and knowing what to cut to still still fit your strategy. And that's a, that's a great part of the game that doesn't really get touched on either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, 
you, you, you convinced me. We, uh, I have to uh, <laughs> stick to code one uh, longer with my uh, with my beginner players, and not uh, not ha- have to feel to be forced to go into N four. Honestly, I, I do. I'm grateful that I now play N four because well, that's the full game, and now the whole world of Infinity has opened up up yeah. to me. But yeah, I don't know that I would be playing N four if it hadn't been for Code One. Yeah, and because I almost gave up on Infinity with the N three setup because it was just too much like Warhammer 40k in seventh edition, where it was just quite complicated and there were too many gotcha things just if you didn't know all of the rules and if you yeah. weren't an experienced player. Whereas this removes a lot of that and actually. You can get someone who is a decent N4 player a lot quicker if they come through Code 1. Mm. Then maybe it would have taken twice as long for them to be a decent N3 player in the olden way of working. Yeah, probably. Because uh, yeah, most of the forum was always about those niche of a niche of a niche interactions. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, still, I, I wouldn't say that N4 is perfect, but they really ditched like 60 rules, I think, that we, we're, we're now fine without. Um, yes so yeah absolutely i remember the the massive stink that got kicked up about super jump now being completely useless in n4 i've i mean admittedly i haven't actually seen people using super jump um a lot (laughs) as a result of it but when the example everyone was giving me is, is super jump is great because i can do this one thing that means that your life your game plan is completely ruined yeah maybe it was a good thing that it maybe yeah, like, 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 Super Jump is, a, is not bad. Like, Super Jump was overpowered in N3 because there's something to be had about you have to measure a range where you go and somehow you could take extra inches as long as you could fall. Yeah. Like, like your 6-inch your jump became a 12-inch jump if you would measure it all out. Like, I did crazy yeah. stuff with, uh, with, with my... Um, with my dog faces, like oh, <laughs> now you cannot jump twelve inches far with a dog face from a from a, from a from a skyscraper onto a link team. <laughs> well, now you have to think a bit harder. Then, well, <laughs> yeah. tough cookie. But, it, but even <laughs> just ditching falling, yeah. I I tried to read the rules for falling when I was learning M three, and I just I couldn't wrap my head around it. I know it's it's probably that. In real, if you actually like show someone how it would, was working in N3, but the fact that that's a whole aspect of the game that they just removed and just went, do you know what? You just you can't fall anymore because yeah. people were using it instead of it being a cool physics mechanic of the game and the world, it was just being used to game the system. And that's well, let's just take it away if it's not adding to the thematics of the game. Yeah, the famous one is okay. I need to get my classified to repair a, a, a structure unit. Okay. Let's shove my Katusha off a building, and uh, <laughs> when it takes damage, I can repair it when, with my exactly. engineer on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard that, that example is like so classic that it's like, <laughs> how was that? I mean, who wouldn't do it though? Because it was such an easy way to score the points. Like you're you're almost being forced into that situation yeah. because it's so easy to do and it's so beneficial to you. But it's like I, I, that's the ugly. I don't want to be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just is perfect that they said, well, uh, let's do away with it. And I've I've been in N2, which climbing was even more crazy. Like like every time you climbed up to uh, up to something or you jumped up to something, you had to take a physics test. Oh wow! And if you failed that physics test, test your unit would fall off. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun. 
but it's yeah. just another layer of the game that is you know maybe a little bit complicated yeah the amount of times that i had my uh, uh had the sniper climb up a a tower uh had to spend like four orders to get on top and three orders went perfectly and then the fourth one i filled my <laughs> physic and saw my saw my uh sniper drop to its dead like <laughs> I mean, that, that does sound pretty cool, actually. <laughs> well, uh, now <laughs> I think I think it's better now. <laughs> we had some good laughs, but now, yeah, at least uh, uh, in that time, it was like either your unit started on top of a building or it was on the <laughs> ground and never shall the two met, meet again. So, <laughs> and now it's like like this this very dynamic going up roofs, down roofs. Uh, it's it's. It's what I love more about the uh, about the game. So yeah, let's let's go back to O12 a bit because uh, uh, are there are there still things you want to try out, like profiles, yeah. synergies, strategies? Absolutely. I mean, definitely one that you've highlighted today is I, I should probably give the Gamma another go, and mm-hmm. probably with Pavati with a couple of U-bots. Yeah. In combination, it will not die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. And like you said as well, you know, if you've got Hector, then, you know, racing a Yudbot after Hector is actually a bit more achievable than, you know, maybe him towing around. Because that's the other reason why I think Starmada ended up appealing to me was the only way to have something near Hector that could revive him or could support him was to put him into a link team. Yeah. Whereas in Vanilla, you could still just have a Yudbot chasing him. And, and if he falls, you could potentially bring him back up again. Yeah. Because you probably want to move Parvati anyway. Um... Yeah. Uh, to make her do classifieds or uh, use her gun. So having those youth bots also go racing around the table, you can really cover a uh, a lot and help uh, yeah. a lot of units uh, out. And yeah, her being an engineer and a, and a doctor, she's there for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if I'm because I, I take the epsilon a lot, and I generally do leave it up in ARO. Yeah, it invariably dies turn one. But again, having a youth bot nearby would or on the rooftop with it, would actually be, be pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sure it doesn't take you like uh, like uh, you half your order pool to uh, reach then and then fail your roll, but uh, to, that, that's what those youth bots are for, that you are at least one or two orders away from healing a unit. And then it's worth, yeah. worth the effort. And one of the guys I play against, he, he was playing combined army quite a bit, yeah. and Dr. Worm was in his list all the time and was actually quite busy most of the time and i never think to like take something i see from another faction and replicate it a little bit in 012 and see if it works quite well and that's a way that it would work incredibly well yeah yeah if you set up for it if you're like okay these units are 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 gonna see some action they're probably gonna uh take some risk it's good to uh be prepared because it's affinity dice do not always go your way It's it's infinity dice rarely go my way, <laughs> <laughs> but we still have a good time regardless, and that's yeah, the key difference yeah, between that and most other games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you don't have to reach for your phone anytime your opponent has his turn. Oh, well. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's I I think you just get epic stories from infinity when the amount of times towards the end of the game my opponent has just turned around and gone. Do you know what? screw it, I'm going to give this a go. And generally something <laughs> epic happens as a result of that. <laughs> oh man, I've, I've got one from a recent game in the I- IGL. 
um, against the. Uh, 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 I had to. Um, we were playing rescue, and uh, my opponent already had a civilian in control. And it was my last turn, and he already done a classified. So um, I tried to shoot the uh, shoot. Uh, he, he was playing a left, so he had a proxy holding the civilian with minus six. So I sent my Zen at seven to shoot it, but yeah, rolling on sixes didn't hit. Then I had my scout with uh, with the pistol behind it, rolling on nines didn't hit. And then I was like, okay, I have like four orders left. What can I do? Um, I had a grunt that I've uh, that I had uh, deployed in my opponent's uh, DC, rolled for it, got there, but got shot, but was still there, unconscious. So I had my Dynamo paramedic. So okay, I was like, okay, I can race forward uh, and just fire a paramedic shot uh, at uh, the grunt. That's a coin toss upon a coin toss. Let's do it. <laughs> I make the two coin tosses. All right. Then the grunt has to grab the civilian. Also a coin toss. I make it. <laughs> then, then it's like, okay, I got one classified. I need to do data scan. I had a hacker, which is uh, very uh, phenomenal for Ariana. So I had to run past, uh, 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 dodge some shots, uh, which coin toss, which I made, and then data scan. It's like, okay, I got like four or five coin tosses in a row, like 50-50 chances, and I all make them, and it was a draw. And then my opponent's like, what the hell has <laughs> happened here? <laughs> oh, if that's one so of good. the things it's... wouldn't go flawless and I had to take a chance again, I would have, yeah, I, I, I didn't have the orders for it. Everything needed to work, and it did. Like, okay, I just, that was the most luck that I had in a game. <laughs> It's a bit, I don't know if it is luck, though, because like so many games, it's that like throw caution to the wind. There's no way this is going to work. <laughs> that approach I've seen work so many times that I just feel like we should just start games with that approach. Like just play the whole game with that mentality of just like, I'm going to try this crazy thing. It's not going to work. And then maybe it will. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, like I've, I've, I've played a game against Casper, uh, one of the locals, and uh, 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 we play, uh, uh, supplies, and I, it was one of my uh, earlier O12 games, and he had like Spy, uh, Corps, and he run around the field with a, with a triad, and uh, somehow, because of uh, shooting and sh the, the whole situation, he ran out of orders, and these three guys were in the open, and he was like, oh, they're doomed. <laughs> But once we got the game going, I had to get to the middle supply box. And every time any unit wanted to get to the supply box, there were three guys looking there and they were all firing two shots. So there were six shots coming <laughs> your way. So even if they were in the open, they were still such a threat that never, nothing came in. Everything died that, that came, even, <laughs> uh, came even close. Like on paper, it's like, I'm in the open. This sucks. But they were just in the right spot just to uh, 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 clunk up my whole game. And I wouldn't expect it. I would expect that there was like one on a corner and then like, I couldn't slice the pie. They were just there. <laughs> See, yeah. just don't think, just do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, do you have any final thoughts on uh, what we all uh, discussed? Because it has been a terrific talk. Uh, no, it, it's been excellent. I think it's been great for me because I've, I've, you've you've 
challenged a couple of the concepts that I had around O12 and, and talking mm. through a few of them, it would just be nice to to get them back on the table, use them a few times and just, hey, give something new a go yeah. and, and see if it can work. But O12 is a great faction. I, I felt like I was either going to play it forever mm-hmm. or I would need to try something else to realize how good it is. Uh, and I think the more I'm playing, looking into other factions and giving them a go, it's like, oh, I really didn't know how good I had it playing O12. <laughs> They're just so good that there's no way I'm going to leave them forever. No. Um, and in fact, I, I will probably be playing, I've got another tournament coming up at the end of, at the beginning of October. Yeah. And I've been in two minds as to whether I try and give military orders a go and mm-hmm. like, try and make that work. Or if I just go back to O12 because they're great fun. Yeah. And I think chances are I'm probably swinging towards O12. And it's also nice, you know, not a lot of people play O12. So being the O12 player is actually quite good fun because people kind of know what to expect, but you can yeah, still you can do very well even people, when, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think that that's it for final for my final thoughts. It's basically just I'm always surprised at how well O12 does, bearing in mind they don't have some of the crazy tools that you know like combined army have or Aleph have or Ariadna have got some really yeah. cool stuff as yeah. well but they still hold their own in amongst yeah. that yeah. and that always surprises me yeah being, being yeah. having yeah the, the, the right tools the synergies between the different units to, to keep to make each other better the sheer amount of mimetism with good ballistic skill that they're they're, they're they can come on top in firefights uh yeah. yeah it's a good good faction all around i'm, I'm really enjoying them yeah, they're so, they're so good. There's just too many toys to play with. There's just too many options. Yeah, for sure. You, you cannot pick it all. It's like you, you have to make a choice. But I would recommend try Hector once, try Gamma <laughs> once, try the Omega once, uh, just see, uh, try the Zeta once. And, and, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and by that time, you have played 10 games of uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> 12. Exactly. So it's, it's always good. Would you? Or just sign up to a tournament, and then you get like five games in a couple of days. Yeah, you see, you see how the stuff works. Yeah, just go, join tournaments. They're not like the, the other tournaments. We're we're just no. hap, happy to have you here. Yeah, it, there's so, there's so much afraid. fun. The community is absolutely fantastic, and yeah. and the tournament scene is is just the hobby scene, but with more people. It's not like a super breed of hardcore players that take everything seriously and. Yeah. Like they do, like it's still obviously a, t- a tournament, and people are there to do as well as they can, yeah. but not at the sake of, you know, making other people hate them. No, for sure. Like, uh... yeah. Well, uh, uh, Tom, I'm, I'm I'm very glad to have you on because I uh, I heard when uh, Mayacast had a try and presented them their top five, and then you came with a video like in a week or in two <laughs> days, like riffing on them. So. Uh, <laughs> We we had O uh, twelve on schedule and we're like no we have to bring in the guru of O uh, twelve because <laughs> oh, else we get ripped apart by his videos. <laughs> I think there's only so many times I can just go why is no one looking at Team Sirius and the Gangbuster and with you know when they're thinking about O twelve um, yeah. before people will actually go oh yeah do you know what those are actually those are actually pretty solid units for O twelve yeah you want to fight without the spine what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, well. Uh, th- thanks for coming on. Are there any shout-outs you like to do? I, I, yeah, I, d- I definitely want to want to thank everyone who does 
you know, obviously, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. It's an absolute honor to, to be on here and a huge privilege. So thank you so much for that. Oh, likewise, um, yeah. Every, every, everyone who does, you know, exactly what you do, you know, contributes to the community. Uh, absolutely invaluable in just keeping new people engaged, keeping existing players with new content to digest while we're painting and things like that. It's, it's hugely invaluable. And I definitely want to thank you know, the, the, the three people who got me into Infinity properly and keep me playing. And that's, uh, you know, Bryn, who play, I play with locally, Tony, who's also a local walkor. He's, he's excellent. And Bryn's pretty much a walkor as well with how knowledgeable he is. And Ollie from Battle Kiwi, who yeah. gives us great terrain. And, you know, anytime I've got any spare money left alone, there's pretty much something of his that gets that money because there's it always good terrain. The yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely want to thank those three because they... They've definitely kept my passion for Infinity going, and they're just a great bunch to throw some dice against on a on a week night. So yeah, definitely want to thank them and everyone in the Infinity community and Corvus Belly. I think are doing a fantastic job with the game despite the global situation. Yes, yes. I'm really grateful for the fact that they're constantly bringing out new stuff and yeah. that the game works so well. Yeah, and that they uh, support uh, many uh, uh, things like going online on TTS. And that they're just open to uh, keeping the game alive, and uh, yeah, it's great, uh, great stuff. So uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the for the shout out. Uh, thanks for you coming on, uh, Tom. It was it was a real pleasure. Um, yeah, well, and and thanks also to the listeners uh, for 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 tuning in. Uh, this was Whip Twelve signing off, and I see you all next time.